Another episode of Tuesday Flow uh, with yours truly, James Kirkland. I got two very special guests tonight. I'm going to go ahead and bring those them in, and we will get the conversation started. First of all, we have Stephen Thurston II. How you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing amazing. How are you? Man, I'm doing well. Man, I'm doing well. Let's go ahead and bring our other guests in. I didn't want to bring you by yourself, so Thank I decided you. to bring somebody else in with you. And I notice how you guys banter with each other all the time. Let me bring in the Apostle Dr. Keelan Duke. How you doing, sir? I'm pretty good, man. Only pretty good? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm alive, man. Good to see you guys. Thank you for having me on tonight. As they say, it's good to be seen and not viewed. You say what now? Thank you for bringing my son in the ministry on tonight. Is that, your son? <laughs> is that your son in the ministry? Okay, good. We're we going to go ahead and get this conversation started here in a moment, man. Uh, I'm, I'm going to let you all introduce yourselves in a minute, but do me a favor, anybody that's listening, even you guys, if you could go ahead and share this thread and let's try to get some people in in this conversation and let them learn something about what, you know, um, I, I do a Monday night show and in that show, guys, I, I do, I talk about relationships, you know, and I, I look at a lot of my mistakes that I made in my 20 years of marriage and I try to share those things, but also in ministry, you know, cause that's all I got is my marriage and my ministry. Right. But in one thing that was all, that was Dr. Duke, that was very profound to me is when Thomas uh, met the disciples after he heard that Jesus had said that Jesus had arose. Right. He said, uh, I won't believe unless what? You show me the wounds. And I think we as ministers, if we start to show our wounds a little bit more, not expose ourselves. Don't, I'm not trying to be, I'm not saying that, not be just uh, telling on ourselves, but at least every now and just become a little more common. You know what I'm saying? Where, you know, become more common with the people. They'll start to believe a little bit more because I think we kind of put a wedge and a gap between us. So tonight I wanted to bring on some PKs, some preacher's kids, right? And I put this up. Uh, I put this post out there today and I talked about, did you see it? Did y'all see it? I said, I asked them, uh, what were their, what was their perception of preacher's kids growing up? And we had some colorful answers and we'll get into <laughs> some of those tonight, but uh, go ahead, Dr. Thurston, introduce yourself first and let them know, let everybody know who you are. Sure thing, man. I'm Stephen Thurston from Chicago, still living in Chicago, uh, serving currently as the executive pastor of the Salem Baptist church of Chicago, uh, but the fourth generation preacher and pastor in my my family uh, for 87 years, New Covenant Baptist Church of Chicago has been led by Thurston. Uh, what? So just a little bit about who we are. Four generations, 87 years, and, and, and it's always been a Thurston. 87 years has been a Thurston. Yep. Great grandfather started. My grandfather came behind him. My dad came behind him. I came behind my dad and then I left. Um, and yeah, we're still rocking and rolling over that New Covenant. 
Wow, that's amazing. I've had one. I've had a chance of visiting a long a chance to visit a long time ago with Dr. Oliver Kane, Craig Oliver Kane. Yes, that was in the early two thousands. But that's why we came over and visited uh, yes, back sir. then. I remember Dr. E.J. Jones was still living then because I got a chance to preach for him that time on that trip. So that was a that was a good trip for me. Good trip. Yes, but go ahead, Dr. Duke. Tell us who you are, please, sir. So tell the people who you are. I know who you are. My name is Keelan Duke, and um, I was born in Dallas, Texas. Okay. And um, we moved, my family and I moved uh, from Dallas at the age of three. And um, actually, my father got called to the New Jerusalem church um, when I was uh, three years old. And basically, you know, if you ask me, I'm a Floridian. I've been in Florida all my life. I'm an identical twin brother. I have Mm -hmm. an an identical twin brother. I have a little sister. Um, And... uh, I love sports. I'm a sports fanatic. Uh, if you ask me, uh, the Lord interrupted my life by calling me to preach. I thought I was going to the NFL. Oh wow! Um, so uh, pray for me. I still, I still got. I, I, I have a joke around my house. I still got one more year eligibility left. So, <laughs> did you play? Did you play football at Morehouse? I did. Okay. I did. Okay. So, so let me explain this. So when I when we first got to Atlanta, I initially went to Morris Brown. Okay. So my first year we went to Morris Brown, my, my brother and I, we went there on a twin scholarship. Oh, really? Um, and I ended up trying out for the football team and made it and, uh, did pretty well, man. I did really well. So that's kind of a little bit about me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I, and I remember, uh, Doc Thurston, you coming to it. Cause I was with, I was serving with pastor Oliver then. And I remember you and Ralph West and all of you all would come over and visit. I remember when the twins came up. Uh, twin, I remember uh, when you prayed at the Halloween. Remember they had the Hallelujah night yeah, that night. I remember. I remember, I remember kind y'all of like a and, carnival. Yeah, it was a carnival outside, yeah. uh, and you and uh, you tuned up a little bit before y'all let them hear what you <laughs> was working with. So, I remember those days, man. And Doctor Oliver used to speak so highly about you guys, man, and uh, even. When, the relationship he built with bringing your father in and all those things. And I always watched you guys and I watched how you served and honored your fathers. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I thought that was phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? Because I preached, but I, I didn't have a spiritual Eli in my life. Yes. Sir. Um, I, I think, um, uh, at the, I know, and I think, I know I heard the voice of God at 12 years old. And I remember going to my daddy who wasn't a deacon or a pastor or anything and saying, dad, I heard somebody call me. Who was it? He said, I don't know. I asked my mama. She said, I don't know. I asked my sister. She didn't know. Finally, I talked to my uncle and my uncle said, next time do this because he was a preacher, you know, but that call didn't come again until 21 years, you know, nine years later when I was 21 years old. So I wondered how that would have been had I had an, no, a spiritual Eli or a pastor. So what, what was that benefit like? So for instance, uh, Dr. Thurston, how old were you when you received your call in the ministry? Oh, I think it was second semester freshman year at Morehouse. Okay. Um, but kind of pushed it off. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until maybe sophomore year. And it was actually Jasper Williams. Um, I developed, my, of course, he and my father, good friendship. And once I got to Atlanta, he welcomed me in as a son. Joe was there and we became roommates and we would go over to the checker club because Jasper plays checkers every day and, and get sure his does. car and okay. ride around campus and all of that. And one day we went to get the car and he came outside, which wasn't the norm. And he said, listen, I don't know what y'all doing, but both of y'all are supposed to be preaching. And y'all let me know when you're ready. Wow. And Joe and I had been having private conversations. And so we're like, hey, man, did you tell your dad? 
Like, no, nah, man, he on some <laughs> spiritual stuff. Wow. And so he kept pressing it a little bit and other people started mentioning it out the blue. And so after maybe about six or seven months, we finally called Jasper and said, hey, we need to talk to you about something. And we got to the check club and he said, I know what you came to talk about. You ain't got to tell wow. me. Joe, wow. you're going to preach your sermon, your first sermon watch night. Steve, I'm going to call your dad and we're going to set yours up for spring break. And that's wow. how it happened. Wow. So you were, so you were 19, eight, 19 in that range? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Doc Duke? I was 17. Okay. Uh, I was uh, in the 11th grade. And uh, again, I was playing football, man. What happened was I, I really sensed a call, man, even prior to that. Um, okay. I didn't want to preach, man, to be honest with you. You know, I, I grew up in a city uh, that, you know, really, it was a football kind of sports city. Um, that's what the girls like. Um, and I, I church, this is not, when you think of Miami, Florida, you don't think of like a church town. Oh, I can you imagine know, a church that. city. So it wasn't nothing cool about a 17 year old boy. Like, Hey y'all, God <laughs> called me to preach. And so, um, I ran, man. And what happened was I was playing ball and things were going well. I broke my shoulder. Wow. And I knew in that moment, it was like, the Lord was like, dude, I don't care what you do. You're not going to be effective. Uh, until you answer the call. And i never wow. forget it. Uh, we were in revival. Dr. Freddie Haynes was preaching for us. Okay. And something about that message really, really hit me. And I told my father that night, I said, Dad, I have something to talk to you about. And he knew what it was. And so we were riding down 95. And um, I told him, I said, Dad, I'm ready to accept my call to preach. Wow. And my father literally pulled to the side and started crying. Wow. And he said, I knew the day you were born that the Lord called you to preach. Jesus. And so I was just waiting on you, man. So that's a bit of, of my call story. Okay. So let's so that let's let's segue into that first question that I sent you all. Mm -hmm. So you were 17 when you got call, your call. Steve, you were 18, 19 in that range. So tell me, growing up in the home with very busy pastors, I mean, you just said your, fa your father went to New Jerusalem, I think you said when you were three or somewhere around that range. Yeah. And so, and you, and so you were a life, you were a lifer, Steve. I mean, you grew up, you were in Pampers and all that. So how, what was that relationship if you weren't, were they cultivating you for eventually going into ministry? Were they subliminally trying to train you or teach you? What, what were the dynamics of that relationship? Start with you, Steve, first. Yeah, none of that. My dad and I never wow. talked about preaching. Oh, wow. Never. Yeah, he never pushed, prodded. You would get that from members at the church. Oh, you're going to be like your dad and all of that. It's like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I never had an interest in it either. And so to this day, he's never put pressure on me to do anything. Whatever I've wanted to do, he has fully supported. I could call him today and say, hey, man, I want to join Elon Musk and go to the moon. And he'd be like, how much I got to cut the check for? Wow. He, he really has never put any pressure on me to move to the ministry space. I was a musician. <laughs> I was born with the unique ability to kind of play any instrument by ear. Okay, I, I settled in on drums. And so I thought that my lane and role would just be in the music space in church. Okay. And so yeah. you play, so you, so you were a music church musician. Yep. The whole time growing up. Okay. Yes, sir. I, I, I just learned, I learned that much about you. I didn't know. Yeah, even in college, I played at uh, three different churches there in Atlanta. 
Really? So when you can't, so when you were coming up, that was your job, just play play drums for the church and whatever else you were interested in in school or whatever else. Dad just supported that, and that was yeah. it, huh? Really? Yeah, and I was, was an it? entrepreneur and all of that. So got into some business activities around sixteen or so. Um, so fully supportive of all of that, and that was really my path. I was just, I knew my dad was gonna pay for school as it relates okay. to college cash. And I asked him, give me the cash, let me flip it. I got a couple of businesses I wanna buy. And uh, he said, no. And I ended up settling for more house. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, entrepreneurship and then doing the music thing for church, that was gonna be it, that was gonna be all. Man, that's gotta be interesting because Keelan, I can remember growing up in my house. Now I told you, I, wasn't no, I didn't have no preachers. I had, I had family now, we had, to, and we did church. But we had two requirements. It was either BTU and Sunday morning service or Sunday morning service and Sunday school. But I had to be at both of those every week. You know, and if I missed them, wasn't no going outside, wasn't no playing, none of that kind of stuff. But I had I had to get that that training. How did was that the same kind of similar upbringing for you, for you, Keelan? Or what were the dynamics of your home? Yeah. So my father did not, you know, he wasn't like trying to push the whole preacher thing on me um i think my you know one of the things i appreciate about my father man he allowed us to be you know human beings and kids you know uh outside of the context of the church Mm -hmm. um i think you know like steve you know you grow up you know your dad's a pastor and you know the church is like oh you're gonna preach one day i don't I'm going to be honest, my twin, he, Kenneth, he was probably the one that they picked to be the preacher. I, I to be honest with you, bro, I kind of really wasn't feeling church um, okay. at it. I, you know, what millennials are doing now, I was doing as a kid. <laughs> I didn't want to go to church. You know, I, I I didn't care anything about it. You know, I mean, I'll be there like, OK, when can we leave? OK. And uh, and so uh, it, you had some folk, but it was it wasn't a whole lot. You know, I, I mean, it was clear that I wanted to do something else. OK. Um, and my father allowed that, man, even though he, you know, as he stated, knew that, you know, I would eventually answer the call. He allowed me to be me. And mm-hmm. um, and I appreciate that, man. You know, it was. Of course, we went to church. I was in the youth choir. Um, I, you know, served on the usher board, but that was about it. Um, other than that, they didn't. He didn't force a whole lot of that on us. So, okay, yeah. So you you wasn't you wasn't a, a Phineas and Hoffney though type situation though, were you? No, no, <laughs> you wasn't that bad. I mean, no, you, I wasn't you, that you bad. Was, you wasn't. Dis- I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't that bad, man. I I just I was different, man. You know. I, you know, you, 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 you have multiple kids. I just, I don't know. I always wanted to find my own lane. That was always important. And, and I mean, coming up in an environment, like I, I look, I just like my father. Okay. Even from a kid. You do. I, and I have an identical twin brother mm-hmm. and, you know, I've always wanted to be myself. You know, you grow up, like, Oh, you look just like your daddy. Oh, you got an identical temper. So I always wanted to kind of find who I was. Mm. And sometimes I think I went to the extreme, you know, I mean, I won't say like, I wasn't a bad kid. You know, I wasn't out like stealing, you know, I wasn't out, you know, but my, it was clear that I was attempting to find my own identity. Mm. And that identity was, you know, something other than the church. I told my father, 
kind of growing up, man, when I leave <laughs> uh, this house, I, I don't know if I'm going to church anymore. I mean, I was that kind wow. of kid. Um, so yeah, man. So football was something I, I, I engaged in a lot that really gave me my own identity and I was good at it. Okay. Um, coming out, man, to high school, I was, you know, I was, I was a top recruit, uh, coming out. I actually chose Morris Brown because I knew that, you know, at that time I accepted my, my call to the ministry and a lot of the schools that wanted me did not have strong religion, uh, departments. Gotcha. And so I knew going to Morris Brown, I said, well, I walk on, I'm, I know I'm good enough. I'll make the team. They'll give me a scholarship. And basically that plan worked out. Mm. And so, yeah, man. So, I mean, that's, I hope I answered your question. No, very much. I mean, that's, that's what I want. That's, that's, that, that's what I'm saying. Be as raw, raw as you possibly can. I mean, that's that, yeah. cause I want them to hear us. I mean, like I told somebody that I, I, I want to have an analytical conversation with try, not trying to sound like we're trying to analyze, you know, this, this, it yeah. is, this is, it is what it is, you know, and some people don't know these things and these are things. So your situation, Stephen, is different because you're engaged because you're on the drums, you know what I mean? Sure. Or, or, or were you a Phineas and Hopney type? I mean, those that don't know, Eli had two bad sons. <laughs> And, the, and those bad sons, they messed up all in the temple, right? I mean, they messed with the temple girls. They stole them. the best choices, meat that people would bring, the sacrifice. I mean, they were a mess. And there was, if I'm talking too loud, I'm sorry. Let me try to calm down. Uh, if, and there, were, there are those that used to believe that the PKs were awful children. I mean, if you looked at some of the no, uh, responses that I had on my page day, some yeah. said they were the spoiled kids, they were the bad kids. Then, but I, ironically, Steve, there were a lot of PKs that were speaking up. Yes, sir. and they said that a lot of times they would get in trouble. Uh, with, uh, other kids in the church would make them get in trouble. You know, they would lead them to do the wrong thing, or they would influence them to do the wrong thing. I don't know. Maybe they would dare y'all or whatever. I don't know how, what happened, but whatever it was. <laughs> but how what, was your upbringing similar, Steve? As far as as finding your identity, or did or was did music help with that? No. So yeah, I, I created my own lane. I knew like it's almost like I've been here before. I knew okay. because me and my dad had the same name, I needed to do stuff different. And okay. I always wanted to create my own space. Um, my dad is not musical. My uncle is. Um, okay. And other members of the family have done well in the music industry. And so I figured I'd do this and do entrepreneurship. And um, I didn't I didn't have a lot of the expectations placed on me as the pastor's son that I hear from a lot of other PKs. And I think okay. that some of the derogatory framework that's been put upon PKs is really a result of people having unrealistic expectations that's on good. children based upon the career path that their parent or parents have been called to. But yeah. New Covenant was a good space that didn't create that. Um, and I was just kind of allowed to be me and be free and explore and try different stuff and just be different. I've been different from the beginning. I'm still different now. And they gave me the free range to just be my different self. And again, people would say stuff about me preaching, but there was never any force of pressure. I never came home crying. They trying to make me preach. None of that. Um, and my dad would have, I believe he would have shut it down if that had been wow. elevated in that space. That's good. Can y'all still hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. Okay, because I see my, I'm frozen a little bit on my screen, but as long as y'all can hear me, that's all that matters to me. So that that that's that's good, man. Uh, because and and I think I 
I think I, I really like the fact that uh, you all were a little older, not 12, 13-year-old preachers. You know, you <laughs> see these cats walking around, uh, these little boys walking around the convention with tails down to the back of their shoes, you know, trying to look like an old preacher, you know, right. and, and, it, and it's embarrassing. Yes. <laughs> hold on, man. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to stop this camera for a hot second. I got to get myself back in. Hold on one second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get myself. I'm for real, but I've seen it. I promise I have. Let me see if I'm back. Am I good? Oh, yeah. I'm not. But still, I don't care if y'all can't see if y'all can hear me. But that's, it was so crazy that I see these little boys, man, because yes, they want to, they want to be, they don't have an identity, right? Correct. So they try to find their identity in someone else. You know, they want to hoop like somebody else, or they want to, you know, argue right. or text like somebody else, or, you know, and then they buying sermons online and all these other things. Uh, uh, Dwayne Frazier said he likes your hat. Uh, he said, he said that hat though. <laughs> he said, so he said, hey there. But I, 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 I really admire Pastor Duke and Pastor Thurston for giving you guys the space to, to, to really develop your own identities and become a better, a best, the best version of yourself. So what did it look like once you left out of your parents' house now and you're going to Morehouse, starting with you, Keelan? I mean, what, I mean, because now, I mean, because you're not, pre you're preaching now though, right? Right. I'm preaching now. Okay. Right. Okay. So, so what, what did that, what did that transition look like leaving home and coming to Atlanta and all that? Well, um, from a, what, from which perspective? Any, okay. As far as, you know, now, now you don't have covering and you just started preaching a year ago, right? Yeah. pretty much. And so you're yeah. a newbie at this preaching thing to an yeah. extent. You're only a year out. And now it, it now it probably would have looked a lot different at 15 because dad got you in the house for three years before yeah. he sends you out to college. Right. But now right. he only has you for a year. And you're going to be gone for four years. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure there's some things that he could share with you now as a preacher that he didn't want, that he wouldn't just share with you as a son. So what, what, what was your process looking like? I remember, like I said, I remember you and your brother coming to Elizabeth. And I remember Pastor Oliver putting his hands on you all. Yeah, you know, but uh, what, yeah. what, what helped you in your matriculation through ministry to, to get to where you are now, especially starting in that 18, 19, 20 year old age. Yeah. So, um, we got to Atlanta. Um, let me kind of share with you what helped us get to Atlanta, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, so my father initially, he was, we were thinking about going to Florida and M. Um, we got accepted into Florida and them and uh, we had, you know, a lot of, so I mean, you know, we're from Miami. So uh, my godmother, she uh, was uh, an alum at, at FAM. And so she, all of our life, y'all going to FAM, y'all going to FAM. And so uh, we ended up meeting a guy by the name of uh, Pastor E. Dewey Smith. And, um, we uh, he came and preached and we were sitting down, we were chatting with him and he, you know, obviously, you know, told us that he went to Morehouse and was like, man, we really want to get to Atlanta. We want to get to Atlanta. Um, and, you know, this was a, a kind of a challenge for my dad because he was kind of focused on fam. Um, but my dad also wanted us to, to meet some new friends, you know, get uh, find a new space where we can grow, you know, and so. 
uh, FAMU, basically, you know, a lot of our friends were going there. And so my dad was like, dude, okay, I'll let y'all go. And E. Dewey was, you know, kind of the guy who really helped that along. Him and Dr. Carolyn Ann Knight. Okay. You know, so Dewey was like, man, listen, you bring, let the boys come up, man. We got them. Carolyn Ann Knight was like, I'll be their spiritual mother. And so, you know, that, of course, was was a great help. So we got to Atlanta and, you know, we 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 met friends. We met Steve. Um, I don't know if, you know, people I think, you know, social media think we just met each other, uh, but we actually were roommates uh, during that experience. So, you know, we got a chance to connect. And so it was him. It was also Ralph West, the second. Mm-hmm. Um, we all came together, man. And, and to be honest with you, I know like Ralph, Ralph was still wrestling with his call. He uh, eventually accepted his call. I think his sophomore year, uh, or our sophomore year. And so, uh, man, just being in that, that AUC climate, it, it really shaped us, you know, and, uh, and then just coming to Atlanta, Atlanta at that time, when you talk about church and just, you know, the city period. I mean, you talk about hip hop, pop culture, you know, Atlanta was the place to be. People were moving their left and right. It was mega church, churches on every corner. It was popping. It was popping, man. So um, yeah. that, a lot of that shaped us. Pastor Jasper Williams shaped us. Um, he gave us a, a lot of opportunities uh, to preach. Uh, Pastor Craig Oliver. Uh, Atlanta really embraced my my brother and I when we got there. We were preaching for everybody. Matter of fact, prior to going to college, man, God really, really blessed us. Uh, we were preaching for some of everybody. And, uh, and so when we got there, you know, obviously there was a lot of shaping. And I'm going to tell you, the shaping happened through great criticism. <laughs> Um, we got to Atlanta and, you know, I, I think we were gifted. We had somewhat of a gift, uh, but the gift was, was, was hooping and, and singing, uh, had a somewhat of a message, but there were guys there who challenged us like, dude, that's not enough. You know, you need to grow like, you know, people like Steve, yo, you need to work on your message, man. And so that environment, it was a lot of, you know, it was very critical. You know, yes, cats today, you know, you tell them they missed it and they, their feelings <laughs> are hurt. Well, that was our culture at Morehouse. Morehouse and the AUC was an environment where you went to school with the brightest and some of the best. And so, man, that environment really shaped us. I could kind of talk all day about that. But jumping <laughs> into all of these different people, Walter Scott Thomas uh, Jr. Uh, uh, and these were some of the people, Stephen Thurston. Uh, he's a blessed memory to us now. Barlow, Quentin Barlow. Quentin Barlow. Uh, I mean, we can name Joe Flippin, Ricky Flippin. Uh, you name so many names, man. We were all there together, and that helped shape us. That community of preachers helped shape us. I think he dropped off, Duke. But yeah, you made a good point. Uh, that that collective community, and then we had ITC. Yeah. Right around the corner. So you have the older guys, Marcus Cosby, yeah. um, James Bumpus, all of those guys, Danny Thomas would critique us and all of that. So we had that whole collective community of different tiers and different levels of preachers to kind yeah. of shape us and guide us. 
and walk us along that experience and to help us, to challenge yeah. us to be better, right. not right. just rely on our dad, our dad's name, and then whatever <laughs> limited gift that we had, but right. to keep right. pushing us to the place where we needed to be, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was a great experience. I'm glad, you know, that my father and, you know, and, and others who helped us, you know, kind of get out of our comfort zone. That was the thing that really got me, man. Um, Cause you know, Miami was a good space for us. Um, yeah. But, you know, growing up in a city where your dad is, you know, who our fathers were yeah. and still are, um, it, 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 it allowed us to get out of that comfort zone and meet new people, get new exposures and, um, build new relationships. And I am thankful for that. Yes, um, sir. Atlanta really shaped us. Um, I know it shaped me um, because I saw some stuff. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't know if you remember uh, a suit, you know, I mean, just something like dress. I mean, coming from my, you know, where I came from, <laughs> you know, um, wearing a lot of buttons on your suit was a big thing. <laughs> And uh, you, I don't know if you remember this, Steve. Remember, I had that um, the cutoff suit. Yes. The, the, what you call it, Cedric Entertainer. Yes, and, I would uh, call that. And, yeah, Doc. So I had the I had the Cedric the Entertainer. Had my uh, it was literally polyester uh, uh, material. I wore it, and I think we we were together, if I'm not mistaken. Or I know Dewey was around. That's so how I wore it around Pastor Smith. And I said, man, what you think, man, what you think? He told me, he said, that's, he said, who made that place? So I told him who made it. And uh, I said, well, what you think, man? He said, man, don't ever wear that suit around me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, man. Your dad was right there, too. He was just like, yeah, we got to get you a better suit. <laughs> yeah, man, that suit was all the way down. And it was kind of flooding a little bit. It was, <laughs> it was stuff like that, man, that we, we take for granted. But it was uh, it was a blessing, man. I mean, yeah. all of that shape, you know, all of that shape, those conversations. Right. I don't think. And this is. Hey, guys, have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor. You can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a few others. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And I save the best part for last. It's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I don't think, and this is true. And I think, I think, brother James, you had it back right. on. You had it you right. back on. Man, I, I, hey, y'all charge charge in my head, not to my heart. But oh, I heard God. everything y'all. I promise, I heard everything y'all said though. And you, oh, you yeah. actually, y'all are actually uh, getting a conversation where I wanted it to go. Uh, yeah, you had me right at first, and you moved me, put me back over this way. Yeah. So, but this I was telling way. him, James. Uh huh. You know, when we were in Atlanta, man, and and I'm certain he could test to the fact. Man, the preachers that we were around, I don't care how good of a job you thought you did, you you never did well. Oh. <laughs> like, nope, you there was you always flunk. 
right? Every time, especially so around Craig Oliver's of the world. He didn't do well. Oh man, he he ain't saying nothing. So you know that <laughs> environment, though it it helped us. You know, and yeah. I was I was sharing with him. So I won't take up all the time. Go no, ahead. No, 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 no. Man, we got an hour long conversation, and that's and that's and Stephen. Would you want to add anything to what he just said? Yeah, that that space. It was so. Our dads went to Bishop College. And okay. I think if Bishop College had still been in existence, all of us would have been in that space. Mm-hmm. And so I think in that AUC environment, they provided us something similar to what our dads probably experienced in that Bishop space and just helped okay. us, honed us and um, developed us in, in ways that we would not have gotten if we'd stayed at home. And what I'm, I'm glad about, like, especially with Duke and Ralph, we got away from our dads. <clears throat> and it's okay. funny to see other preachers that try to imitate and mimic our dads. And wow. we they son, and we ain't trying to do that. Wow. And being away was critical to help us to develop our own voice. Yeah. Because yeah. we recognize yeah. that if we tried to imitate our dad or write off our dad's coattails, when our dad dies, so do our ministries. Right. And wow. so the fact that we were able to develop our own voice and push each other. No, man, you, you sound too much like them. Take a step back, yeah. you need to shift this. That helped us to get to the spaces and the places where we currently find ourselves. That that's good stuff, man. That that's real. That's real good stuff. Cause that that was a question I was going to ask. Uh, was how you and you answered it. You answered it. So, Steve, let me ask you this right here. Um, when you were assistant with your father, knowing and you know your father, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a difference as an assistant like me who's who is not my father you know what i'm saying so you kind of walk on the eggshells a little bit a little bit more you know you want to make sure you present things properly you know what i'm saying i'm I'm the i'm gonna tell you i'm the wrong one to embarrass you know what i'm saying so i can't in certain (laughs) things i just can't i I ain't been delivered from cussing yet i'm still working on that one y'all got y'all got to pray for me and i cuss in the wrong places sometimes so i got to be a little careful with that whole cussing thing I, i was raised with a daddy and my daddy and and my daddy was my daddy so that to have to have a daddy who's have a daddy first and then have a spiritual father. Yes. I had a strong daddy. You know what I'm saying? My daddy was my dude. You know what I'm saying? Yes. To this day, that's my dude. So to then also to have another spiritual father that I would succumb to, you know what I'm saying? Or have to, uh, you know, kind of uh, submit to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Submit, that's the word. Submit, submit to. But that's your father. And so with your eye, I'm because I watch a lot of things you do. Uh, Stor- Pastor Stores t- uh, told me to connect with you a long time ago. Uh, Clarence Stores, he, he kept saying you need to connect. Yes, with good guy. Uh, so, uh, but your creativity, how did what you your creativity in the marketplace, your education, how you handle these Black Hebrew Israelites, all these things you do, how did how did those things how did those things add to your father's <laughs> ministry and to the church? Yeah, great question. So let me give clarity. Um, um, So I think what put me in a different position than some other guys, New Covenant called me as pastor. I wasn't just there as the pastor's son on staff helping out. I was in Atlanta in church uh, with Duke one day at Dewey's church. And I started getting text messages and calls and all of that. Congratulatory. And after service, I went to the office and I called my mom and I asked her what was happening. I was getting all these congratulatory messages. And she said, you don't know. And I said, no, what? She said, there was a vote last night and members voted you in as pastor. I had no idea that that was taking place. And so I asked her, what was the percentage of the vote? She said, 97 percent. 
And wow. so she said, you haven't talked to your dad? I said, no. And so I, I waited until after he got done with the second service and called him and we had a conversation about it. And that's that transitioned me back. And so I started flying back and forth from school every other weekend, um, preaching, running all three services, all of that type of thing. Really? And um, I was the co-pastor. My, my father and I had equal power. The only thing is if I spent over $10,000, I needed to get his okay, let him know what I was doing. Okay. So I had some freedom and some reign because my dad was on the road so much. Okay. And at that time, my dad had become the president of the National Baptist Convention of America. So growing up, my dad's travel schedule may have had him, you know, when I was a little kid on the road, 25, 30 weeks out of the year. Wow. During his term as president, it increased from there. During the nine years I served as pastor of New Covenant, my dad got to the point of being gone 50 weeks out of the year. Wow. So what, what did he do? What did he do to compensate for that time, though? Did you do you have siblings? I've got I'm the oldest of four, two sisters okay. and then the brother that brings up the rear. OK, so um, he, he's gone 50 weeks a year. What does he do? Because I'm listening to your relationship. I'm looking in your eyes. I mean, y'all had a good relationship because yeah. you watch a lot of people resent the heck out of their fathers, you know, what I mean, for not being there and all this kind of stuff. I, I don't understand that because my dad was so good to me. But gotcha. what what did he do to compensate for that? Or did he have to? He didn't have to. He was he took care of business. My okay. siblings, my mom, we never wanted for anything. We went through school. My dad paid cash, came out with no bills. Um, okay. If we wanted to buy a house, he was there, car, whatever we needed. He was a consummate and continues to be a consummate provider. And so okay. he's always made sure that we had whatever we want, as much school as we wanted. Nope, you go and you don't worry about it. I offered to pay for school when I went to Morehouse. He said, no, that's not your job. That's not your responsibility. It's mine. Wow. I'm cutting a wow. check. Wow. So he made sure all was good. And I knew that's what my dad did for a living, just like uh, an entertainer or an athlete's kid knows my dad's on the road. My dad's at the stadium. My dad's stadium was the church. And so I never had an issue or problem with my dad working and making sure that we were good. My only concern was because I didn't understand life insurance and all that stuff as a kid. What happened is dad's plane crashes. How do we keep going? How do we maintain this lifestyle? All of that type of thing. Um, but all of those experiences and being an entrepreneur and all of that, when I brought it back to the church, I don't think my dad expected the people to kind of like take to me as quickly as they did. Okay. But I'm there with him all week long, every week. Uh, my dad would fly in on first and third Sundays. Those are his Sundays. I had second and fourth. And then we would kind of rotate on the fifth Sunday. But I was kind of running the day to day operations. It was at a time in Chicago. Jenkins had recently become pastor of fellowship. Okay. Otis had, had taken over there at Trinity from Jeremiah Wright. And mm -hmm. so my dad and I had some kind of sweet. We were able to blend and mix the old school and the young progressive stuff. So okay. we could get everybody. So the younger, so the, some of the people that for whatever reason didn't like Jenkins or the direction he was taking the ship in, they could come to New Covenant because they knew my dad. My dad preached a lot of fellowship and mm -hmm. Pastor Evans was his father after his biological father died. So got that people that may not have liked Otis, whatever. And all it, I'm good with all these guys. So I'm not slamming anybody for people Absolutely. who are messy and petty that may watch this. And so we were able to kind of pull in a different demographic and I was able to do some cool stuff and run free. And then of course my dad and I would meet sometimes because of the travel schedule. And this was before nine 11 and all this stuff with the airports. Sometimes I would fly. Let's say my dad had a connecting flight to it in Atlanta. I would fly from Chicago to Atlanta, meet him in the terminal, go over what we needed to go over. He would then jump on his.
his flight connecting wherever he was going, I'll fly back to Chicago. Sometimes wow. we would meet like that. It was that kind of wow. crazy and hectic. Um, wow. So we were also in the in the capital campaign to build our new campus. So I was kind of like making sure that the money was coming in week after week, doing all of that type of thing. So I think the fact, again, that I was voted in as pastor and then the fact that my dad was gone so much gave me the room to kind of spread my wings. And he trusted me enough to to kind of carry the load there at the church. And That's I right. learned as I went. And then I had great people like Pastor James Meeks who stepped in to serve as mentor. And I had Jasper Williams and Jasper the third. So I had some cool guys that I could do it at the time that I could lean on uh, for insight and inspiration. And Jenkins was doing a lot of stuff, a fellowship that I wanted to do. So stuff I couldn't do because my dad be like, nah, we're not doing it. Jenkins could do it. So I could celebrate him like, okay, dad, look, Jenkins did. I told you about that three months ago. It's working for him. And so uh, we were in a good space. So he kept he kept the right to say no. He kept the right to say no. Okay. And oftentimes his way of saying no, he would agree to stuff. One of the things I will never forget, it was it was watch night. Watch night is coming up. And Dewey Smith back in making days. Okay. I remember he that. He would like be the show. I mean, still even when he got to GTR, but when we isn't making, it was on another level, turning away thousands of people. So I'm coming from that experience. I'm like, Dad, we need to be popping like that here in Chicago on watch night. We need to be turning away people. So I came up with a grand scheme and plan, met with the staff, laid everything out, ran it by him two, three times. Cool. Let's move. Let's do it. The night of the service, I'm in my office and my dad comes out maybe 20 minutes before service starts because I didn't hype it up. People are coming in early and he gets up on the mic and starts singing hymns. And like, y'all put away all that stuff y'all going to do and totally killed what he'd agreed to and planned. So, yep, he still had veto power. Wow. <laughs> that didn't happen often, but he will pull it from time to time. Uh, he when saw he that crowd. He it. said, it's my turn. It says my time tonight, huh? <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah, that yeah. crowd. I've seen yeah, that. So happen. we would have those things, but it was it was all good. It didn't gotcha. create strife and all of that. Gotcha. Similar question for you, Dr. Duke. Growing up in the in 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 growing up the same type of way, uh, and bringing in your creativity, what you learned. Because like you said, you preach, start preaching at 17, you go off to school. So everything you're bringing, you're bringing back. Uh, how, how did that look? How did that look? What, what did those years look like after college? And how did they end up bleeding, seeding into what you're doing there at the church now? So I, uh, once I finished um, Morehouse, I ended up going to Howard. Okay. So I was in the DMV area and I worked with, I was privileged to work with two guys. Um, one pastor Lee Earl, who's a blessed memory to us now. He pastored the Shiloh church in, uh, what's that? Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. And then I ended up working for a Morehouse brother, uh, pastor Delman Coates at Mount Enon church. And both of those churches kind of shaped me. Um, and in in a way that I think is has really I mean my leadership style, the whole team aspect of ministry, it came from both of those guys. Um, I think one of the things that I do well is build teams. So um, I ended up pastoring in Chicago. I pastored in Chicago for seven years, uh, the Calvary Baptist Church in uh, right outside of Chicago, Glenwood, Illinois. Okay. And 
that I consider that to be a very successful. Uh, it was a it, I, it was a successful church, and the my pastor there. We did a lot of great things. The church grew um, in every aspect, uh, spiritually, financially, numerically, you name it. Um, we were really, really becoming one of the leading churches in the south suburbs. Mm-hmm. And so I received this, you know, this call, I believe, from God. You know, God started messing with me, man. It's time to go back home. It's time to go back home. And my father and I began to speak about it and both prayed about it. And now currently we're in a secession um, uh, process. Um, and, okay. and, you know, basically all of my experiences, man, um, you know, it's it's so, so much. You know, one of the things that that I learned in a you know, pastoring, I, I realized this, Steve, I didn't think about this. I pastored in some of the, or, or, and even lived, lived, pastored, and went to school in the blackest cities, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in these United States of America, Atlanta, yeah. the DMV, and then Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to bring back both of those places represented black excellence. And 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 coming to a city like Miami, where, you know, great city, our people are doing well, but there's so much more progress that needs to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, I think has shaped, man, my experience, you know, at, at, at our church now. Um, currently, man, you know, the 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 what i bring at this church is 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 a vision fresh vision and i believe that the vision that we have is unlike anything we've seen in the south florida area i get a chance to bring all of those experiences into this context yeah okay you know and so team building is something that that i think we do well um one of the things that we're that i'm trying to teach my our, our church is that it doesn't have to be just on one man. My father, the the blessing of his leadership is he was like, he's like LeBron James. He did it all. Okay. Preach, administration, I mean, you name it. I mean, the dude can, <laughs> he can <laughs> sing, he can, you know, get up there and work the cameras. I mean, you name it. I mean, this I guy does everything. Um, that's not who I am. You know, I'm a team builder. You know, I, I don't believe that all of the vision and all of the ideas have to come from from me. OK. And so now we're getting ready to start a new campus um, uh, on the north side of town. And we put together a launch team. Wow. And which is and we also started a planning committee team, which is something I know this may sound like real elementary. But it's working for us, man. I'm telling you, to see these teams and groups come together, it's what I learned when I was working for Lee Earl, Mount Enon. So we bring that. Um, I think that we also bring, you know, uh, structure as it relates to ministry uh, in some areas in in our context. Um, So there's so much. I mean, pastoring for seven years, you learn so much. And so that experience, man, um, is is helping us greatly. Um, I That's I felt stuff. like my first church really developed me as a preacher. Wow. Um, and I don't sound like my father. Mm. And there is a different sound. And that 
to me is I, I, I think that the people say, well, he sounds like his father as relates to because I look like him. My voice sounds like him. But my approach to preaching and my approach to ministry is just different. Yeah, right. Like I me. mean, he, say it again. He's, he's oh. taking on my persona when he's down oh, in Florida. <laughs> so, oh, you man, did say you that. Know, you did say that was your son, right? It is. Right, right. <laughs> so, preaching, man, ministry. I mean, I can get into details that'll keep us here all night. <laughs> but you know, there's so many different areas, man. I like Pastor Steve said. You know, um, one of the things, man, I, I never wanted to do. I, I always wanted my own identity, just like him. And leaving home, man, really gave us exposure. That's good, man. You know, yeah. and one of the things that I'm learning is my exposures are not my dad's. Like one yes. of the things that I realized working in ministry with my father is that my father has never worked on anybody's staff. Wow. Um, um, and so I, I realized this other day, Steve, most of my ministry, even though I pastored for seven years, I've been on somebody's staff. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And so I kind of see things from the staff position. Yes, sir. In a way, probably that my dad doesn't see it. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I like Does that. Does that make sense? That makes, makes a lot of sense. So the way that I operate with staff and empower them, you know, because when you bring somebody on staff, you know, you, you know, and we have, matter of fact, one of the largest staffs, you know, in the South Florida area. But when you mm -hmm. bring somebody on staff, what releases them to be them their best selves is when you can trust them to do the assignment. That's good. Now, my That's father, good. he'll, you know, he's so, he he does it for him, you know, like, well, no, 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 I'm going to release you. You know, what do you think? You know, uh, minister of music. I'm not going to tell you, tell me, bring, let's sit down at the table. What are you reading? What are you studying? Empower me because I want you to feel like this is your ministry. I want you to feel like you have some say. So all of that works, and and we're seeing that I think benefit our ministry in a That's way good, because man. I think people are really standing up in our context, feeling like, wow, man, you know, my yeah. ideas do matter. So yeah. anyway, I can go on but and on and on. Two two things about what you just said, and I, and I want to highlight these things, Stephen. You let me know if you agree with me or not on this. Okay, first okay. of all, I've I've always heard that the test of true power is when you're willing to give that power away. That, yeah, that's yeah. that's true power. Okay, yeah. that's the, so I love that aspect of it. But number two, I love the fact that you said you went out and served. You learned these things, but when you came back, you implemented, but you didn't implement based on fixing a flaw that you thought you saw. Because so many times we see something and we think we can do it better, right? <laughs> or we think, because you know, our fathers did it this long and so I, I can fix that fast. I, you know, that's one of my father's flaws. And I want to build on the foundation and use his flaw as a foundation. You didn't do that. You went out and you saw it work in other places. And you just said, let me implement this. Not, not yeah. because this isn't working, because that did work. <laughs> it worked and it, and it served its right. purpose. Am, yeah, I, right. am I saying that right? Oh, yeah, it worked. It worked. And it's working. Okay. And, and, and was working and is working. But sometimes you can add an amendment to something. You know what I'm saying? That's just like a car. You can put 89 in it and it'll do okay. But if you put 93 in it, you're going to get a little bit better gas mileage. It's probably going to burn a little smoother. You know what I'm yeah. saying? The carbon's going to last a little bit longer, all those things. But it wasn't like it wasn't gas or fuel in the car. And the uh, exactly. same thing with both of you guys' ministries. 
there, it wasn't like it wasn't fuel in the ministry. You know what I mean? Y'all, I've always had fuel. But if you can come and put a little octane boost in it, is that, I think it. that might be the word. You know, I like and, that. and that's not that's not to den, to denounce anything that Dad did. That's just, just to, to enhance. It adds to it. It, it, yes. it furthers his legacy. And I and I, and I and I really appreciate that about both of you. I, even when you emailed me today and told me, you know, hey, you know, I want you to understand this is the context. And you said, now we're good. But this is where I am, you know, and I'm like, oh, my bad. You know, I thought you were EP for your father, you know, so I, I messed that up. Yes. But your experiences prepared you to go to Salem. Am I, am I saying that right? Yeah. Wait, it, you, you froze up. Say that one more time. I said your experiences prepared you to go to Salem. Oh, eh, for sure. Everything, every step, every stage prepared me for the next. And then the lesson I learned there prepared me for the next I mean, I've done so much stuff from uh, consulting with Chicago Public Schools to Chicago Urban League, serving as National Youth Director for Rainbow Push. All of those elements kind of set me up for where I am and helped me to win at each level because I, I get to a space, I got to say, like, oh, I've seen this before. I, I read this story yeah. before. That's All good. of that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's good. That's good, man. So let's let's transition for these last seven or eight minutes. Cause we're gonna I'm not gonna hold y'all long too night long. But let, we've talked about EP a lot and we've talked about what helped you get to EP. But let's go back to PK a little bit. Let's go back to PK a little bit. Did how what was it like growing up in the church? Were were unfair expectations? Either one of y'all can answer it first. Were there unfair expectations placed upon you? Did did it ever heart make you develop any resentment you know like you know i'm not i know i would not make you say I, i'm not gonna try to live up to this type of thing i mean what was it like growing up in the church not the house but in yeah. the church i didn't have any of those bad feelings it only made me want to get my own stuff because i would hear people say oh your daddy did that for you. your daddy gave you that and i just want to get to a place where i could say hell no this is mine. <laughs> so that probably drove my entrepreneurship and my hustle so I can yes. get my own stuff and um, be able to say, no, no, no. He helped. He opened doors and all that kind of thing. But I did the work. Absolutely. And I think that's a misnomer that people have. I don't mean to shift from your question, no, but they good. think that just because you're the son of you get certain things or the, the world is open to you. No, a lot of people will put up stumbling blocks because they think it's too easy for you. And so I've, I've had job interviews where the whole conversation was about who my father was and what my father has done wow. rather than what my resume says and all that. And it's been a hindrance. It, it blocks. And, and I think Keelan can attest to this. Even if we both tried to go out and get a church today, the number one thing that will probably stop a church, no matter how gifted, how great our resumes are, they're going to wonder, you're your daddy's son. Wow. Are you going to leave us and go back? Wow. And people don't see that other side to being the son of mm -hmm. and how it can have some some negative connotations. Wow. Um, so uh, my church space, again, it was cool didn't have those issues, but it was more people outside of the church who would do stuff, uh, you know, based off of assumption that could kind of mm -hmm. hinder and hold back progress. Personally. Man, that's a heck of an answer to that question. Same question, Dr. Duke. Yeah, I don't I think, man, the church. I, I don't have any resentment. Um, I think like Pastor Steve, man, um, I think the one thing that I always, I, I always wanted and, and, and very similar, 
I always wanted my church to know that I had a world and I had a life outside of them. Okay. That's um, and again, identity has been something that I've thrown up. Mm -hmm. So what has always been my thing is developing an identity outside of my church and even outside of my father. Mm -hmm. So I developed my own relationships. Um, I started out and I would say that a nice portion of my preaching engagements uh, came because of, you know, who I was. Mm -hmm. But as 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 life progressed, most now of the opportunities that I get have nothing to do with who my father is. That's great. Half That's of great. the people that I preach for don't even know my dad. Really? No, they're, you know, relationships from Howard. Relationship okay. from Morehouse, relationship from from United, where I got an opportunity to do my D men, and and just you know opportunities that you know um, the Lord has allowed us to do well um, on and in, and you know I, I tell people and and I agree with Steve, man, being a pastor's kid in ministry is it's it it has its blessings, but it it has a lot of challenges. Okay. You know, you have you have to be almost double as good, you know, yeah. as as I mean, a lot of the guys, if you look who are on the circuit today, they don't have you, you know, you mentioned guys like Charlie Dates. You don't you don't know who Charlie, you know, I, I mean, in ministry, who is his father? Mm. We know who his father in the ministry is. Um, you, you mentioned several other cats out there when you are us and you grow up, there's this kind of thing, no matter how good Steve, I think Steve, if you ask me, is probably the most polished preachers of, of our, of our generation. Wow. Uh, but when he gets up, that target is on his back. Yeah. You know, because he, no matter how good he does, oh, well, that's Steve Thurston's son. Wow. Or that's, that's Kenneth Duke's son, or that's Ralph West's son. So I, that's what I want. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. good. That's the, but the, and that's the transparency that I'm looking for right there. That's 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 it. That's it because those subliminal pressures. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Sometimes, and so that's where and that's why I can appreciate Doctor Thurston for not. And I'm talking about your father now. And, and I wanted to make sure this. Um, and when I wrote those questions out, I put father in about five of those questions. But I prayed that. I wouldn't use those questions because I haven't really used them. If you noticed tonight, I told you we were just going to kind of flow tonight. Yeah. Because I want to talk about how you guys have developed into the men that you are. You no, know, I mean, I look, uh, Keelan, I look all the time at how you esteem your daughter. You know what I'm saying? You you esteem the world out your daughter. She don't like your little bald head. I understand. I get it. You said that <laughs> earlier today. But, <laughs> but uh, you make sure you include that. And that comes, that's a trickle down effect. That's because. I saw a good father. It's, it, you know, yeah. I take that back. It's either my father wasn't good to me and I'm going to prove him wrong or I had a good father and I'm going to make sure I father him the same way. And for you to tell me that dad pulled over when you told him you were called to preach and cried. You know what I'm saying? When, when you tell me, Stephen, that you were talking to Jasmine, because I hear Pastor Sutton talk about that checker club all the time. And for him to come out of that checker, that checker club, <laughs> call your dad. And look at it. He gave you a date to preach. Yes. But he called your daddy. Yeah, because he was not going to dishonor your daddy in that moment. He was going to make sure I well, might I'm gonna, be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you, and Go I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you uh, kind of understand why I esteem my daughter the way I do. So, okay, help my me. dad is a great man. He was not perfect in this. If if 
I would give my dad as a father a 95. Hmm. The five percent I'm gonna take away from this because one of the challenges that my father had growing up was he didn't do a lot of public uh celebration of us okay and a lot of people don't know that and the reason why he didn't i i think is because we were his children and so you know like there were kids with in our congregation who played football for you know i just use that as an example and he would get up oh man you know so and so you know went to the game and he did x y and z or she did this but he wouldn't do it for us I was actually one, I mean, one of the best athletes, you know, I'm talking about my singing year in our area. And there was never anything mm-hmm. really said. And I think a part of that was, well, these my children. I don't want to push and, you know, and all yeah. that stuff. I don't, so I we had to deal with that. And I said to myself, when I had a child, I wanted her to know, and I wanted everybody to know how proud I was of her. Okay. And and my dad was proud. He told us he was proud of us, but it wasn't something that was done publicly. So yeah. I got you. that's why I'm intentional about that. That's so. good. That's good. That's real good. I I, I appreciate that testimony. And that, and and a 95 is still an eight off for everybody that's listening. Yeah, it's still an eight. <laughs> 95, still, yeah, 95 he, he is, was a, still is a high eight. eight. Yeah. That, that was probably the one flaw. And okay. yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's good stuff. So we can, we get ready to wind this down. It's 10 o'clock. And I'm, 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 but uh, give me... Give me, you got a choice, uh, Thurston. Give me your okay. greatest success or your greatest failure in ministry. Either one, not both. Just give me one. Wow. Um, Keelan, I'm changing I, your question, so don't think you got time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll roll with greatest success. Okay. And I think that it is hard. Uh, it's hard to succeed. Mm. Um, legacy. Um, and I think each one from my great grandfather to my grandfather, to my dad, um, everybody built up and kept taking things higher. And I think for the nine years that I was at new covenant, I was able to continue that aspect of the legacy. I've seen people, especially in the business space, you don't see too many black owned businesses that last generationally. Mm. You may go to the second generation, but it stops after that. Mm. Um, and I've seen a lot of people snort it away gamble it away, spend it away. And that hasn't been our testimony. So I think my greatest success is that my dad is able to get up and say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, which he often says publicly. Um, If he's ever there to present me, if I'm preaching or whatever the case may be, he says it and he makes it known. And I think it's because I didn't mess up the name, the legacy and, and the, and, you know, and what, he has spent the past 50 years building on top of what my grandfather built on top of what my great-grandfather built. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. I lied, Keelan. Give me the same answer. Which one? Greatest success <laughs> or greatest failure? My greatest, I would say, failure. Mm. I mean, there's so many, man. <laughs> um, I think not my wife would probably agree with this i have especially in my adulthood i have missed certain opportunities i am such a loving and kind of background guy i have allowed so many opportunities to go because i felt like somebody else was better wow 
you know, I wanted to put somebody out there else out there. And so to me, that has been a fair, I've done that, you know, oh man, I can't, you know, uh, now, you know, and then, you know, you didn't really get, we didn't get into my story story. And so I'll talk about this in, in my success. I've, I've come a long way. Um, I've, I've defied the odds. Mm. I, I have a lot of challenges, educational challenges. And to see where God has brought me from, man, to, to overcome them uh, with doubts. You know, sometimes I doubt myself. I'm probably, I'm, I'm my own worst critic, man. And to surpass, I don't think every season that I've been in, I've always doubted myself. And, but, but the, the success is, even though I doubted, I still stepped up to the plate okay. through the help of God. Mm. And God has shown me, I don't, Lord, you said go, you said go to Chicago, I'm going. I don't know, I ain't never passed before, I'm going. And the Lord showed himself mighty there. And that has been the testimony. Every time I stand, I have no real faith in myself. I wish I had more. Wow. But through God's grace, man, God has has showed himself strong in, in my weakness. And I think that's my greatest success. Man, I, lo- I love it. That's a very, very, very well thought out answer because so many people, like you said, uh, want to mimic success. So many people want to duplicate it. You know what I'm saying? But both of you guys have been very adamant about creating your own name and developing your own identity. And I thank God for Pastor Stephen Thurston. Uh, I thank God for Stephen Thurston II because he's on this show tonight and we're having this conversation. He's definitely blessing the people. But I thank God for Pastor Stephen Thurston yes, for sir. giving you the space to be. Because he's, like you, like you say, you've been a preacher your whole life. You know, that your whole life, right? Yeah. And I appreciate that, man, for giving you that space to grow. Uh, and, and for him to give you that, for Keelan to give you that... Uh, those accolades saying that you're one of the most polished preachers. Cause I mean, you're, you mean, you're, you're so gifted with even the posts you put out, you know, cause I, I don't just read words. I try to, I look at the word that mind behind the words. Gotcha, and I try man. to think about where the orientation comes from. You know what I'm yes. saying? Cause the way you handle those black Hebrew Israelites, I started to call you and say, man, please, can you give me a crash course? Cause they, they down here blitzing gas stations and everything else. I just think of, I just think a middle finger. I'm joking. But I, I, I tell them, I don't feel like I ain't got time to talk to you. Your mama, nobody else. Y'all can leave me alone because I still know how to cuss. I ain't forgetting. I will. Yes, cuss, sir. I'm good. And tune, look, and, and Keelan, and tune on the way out. So I ain't, right, I ain't tripping right. out. I tune on the way out. So I appreciate that for Dr. Kenneth. Hey, Steve uh, Thurston, let me say this. Okay, go ahead. Don't let, he is literally one of the sweetest guys. <laughs> And I don't mean that jokingly. We joke a lot, but he is, he's a very soft hearted guy, man. Like this guy, I I just got some texts from my wife. I I don't, he is, he's one of the most supportive. He comes off like he's real strong and, you know, and he'll cut you and cuss you out and all that stuff. (laughs) But if he's your friend, he is your friend. That's Chicago, and, man. And that's something that folk need to know about him. Like, that's good, I don't man. know why, but for some reason, he's got we got a really good relationship. And that guy has been uh, in my life. And I want the world to know who Steve really is. He's really soft. He ain't as hard as he think y'all think he is. <laughs> you go take you go take that, Steve. Don't have nobody get shot, dude. And they forgot to scroll through my feed. I done stopped them from shooting people about to shoot people in Atlanta. Okay, okay. I I know know exactly what he's talking about. He has seen me. (laughs) 
Hey, you got look. You got to be on radio in Chicago. But you know what? Chicago is one of the greatest preacher towns in the world. And and if you yes. if you grew up in Chicago and you come to Atlanta, you you if you don't have connections, you will have culture shock. Uh, because Chicago is a lot like Little Rock. You know, I'm, I'm from Little Rock, Duke. You were in my city a few weeks ago. I'm, I'm really from North. Yeah, I'm from North Little Rock. I, my father mentioned Bishop Kenneth L. Robinson. Oh, and I so Little Rock, that, Little Rock I'm... is a lot like Chicago. You know, it's a camaraderie among preachers. You know, we're close. Yeah. Atlanta is a lot of cliques, and I call yes. them gangs. I mean, that's why when I got here, man, I don't rock. I don't hardly rock with nobody, man, because I can't. I, I can't do it like that. I'm not. You know, yeah. I'm a preacher, it's and there's a certain way I'm going to carry myself in public. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to care. Like, I, me and you, we can talk about a certain way around each other, but I'm not going to talk like that in front of people that don't know us. Because, I, you know, because sure. everybody's not ready for that conversation. You know what I'm saying? But some of those old boys, but they'll cuss in Golden Corral while a baby right next to you and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, nigga, come on, bro. These people, they right there, you know. But uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate I appreciate your camaraderie, and I appreciate the fact that you guys grew up together. Uh, like I said, I remember you all coming to elizabeth because i was in at elizabeth from 96 to 02 okay, uh, okay. so during that time is when yeah. you all were coming around a lot yeah. and yes, i sir. remember i remember that and i watched you and like i said and pastor oliver would give you all high praise you know, like he was like you hear you hear them boys they young <laughs> like he said you hear them boys they boys they they, they are young and, and y'all just kept showing up and i appreciate it and man and when i thought about having this conversation youtube popped in my spirit Thank you, man. And uh, and I, and, and I wanted brother. to make sure that uh, I got you on. It's so funny. I remember when, I mean, this is the last story. And I promise we're gone. But I remember my little girl. I, I I started a little church back in the day, and I would preach, and I would be up, and I bring up the home stories. Maybe some of you all can relate relate to some of these. You know how you you use app, practical application. You bring up yes. the home stories, and I look at my five year old, and she's crying. And so when I asked the church, I said, "Why? Why were you crying? You always telling my business." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, girl, you ain't got no business at fact, but you did it. She did have business. Yeah. And you all had business. You know what I'm saying? And some of the things that were done at home, sure. you might not have wanted to, people to hear, you know, in the church, you know, so everybody can laugh at you and bring your story up and all that kind of stuff. But but I thank God you all didn't have those horror stories uh for PKs. I might have to get some more PKs on that had some horror stories. That would be mostly be the little girls, though, don't they? They be trying to say the little girls are fast. Mm. <laughs> did, y'all, did y'all say fast in Chicago? That's, that's, we, still, that yeah, we still use fast. Oh, okay, that's a, I didn't know if that was an Arkansas word or not. Okay, so, but that's cool. Arkansas brought it up here. Okay, yeah, probably so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that sounded like that sounded about right. That sounded about right. But no, man, hey, it's been a good conversation. Thank uh, you. Sir. Honestly, I would like to get you all back at another time. If we do, we're gonna yeah. go a little deeper next time, though. We're not gonna do PK to EP. We're gonna do some good stuff and let's uh, do it and help you know help some of these younger preachers man y'all we got to do it man yeah I, I got some stories i can tell about keela now to help a lot of young preachers to not make some <laughs> of the same mistakes that he made yeah hey y'all know y'all are ogs to some young preachers now right <laughs> right yeah right. y'all are ogs to some young preachers man but that's the mistake that some I, my generation the one right before me we made is we stopped talking to these young boys i heard jamal bryant say something and we're closing now i promise but he said something I thought was really powerful. Uh, but Jamal said that so many people are too busy making armor bearers and they're not making sons anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I thought that was super, super powerful that we everybody wants an entourage yeah. and an armor bearer, but they don't want to take time to invest in a son. I remember when I went to Bishop Robinson, I told him I was called a preacher. You know what he said to me? He said, okay, cool, and walked off. I said, hold on, Doc. I said, wait a minute. I said, I'm called a priest, Doc. Man, I'm called he said, okay, cool, and walked out. What you want me to do about that? And he did that for three about three weeks straight. 
And yeah. I kept going to him. Then that third or fourth week, he said, I was going to see how persistent you were. Yes, sir. He said, because I thought if I could discourage you, then you were not called. Yep. And uh, and and so that helped me. And uh, and so those, that's some of the tough love I received. So, but I appreciate, like I said, the the uh, foundation and yes, the sir. soil that your fathers gave you to be planted, not only be planted, but also to grow. And uh, and and what I like about Akilin, especially with you and you too, Steve, he didn't he didn't grow y'all like roses. He didn't put y'all. They didn't put y'all in a box. They let y'all grow in the direction that you naturally grew in. And uh, yeah. and the fruit is in the labor. You know, the succession is coming up. You pastored for nine years, got 97% of the vote. That's unheard of. And now you're at Salem. Uh, that's, that's, that's amazing. And, and I, and I, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard. Cause you still, if y'all live the full 70 that we're promised a three score and 10, not to mention more, y'all still got a long way to go. So that's a lot yes, of sir. ministry left. If he in behaves, you I'll give him a job. You give him a job for me. Okay. Okay. I'll make it my, I'll make it my EP once I, once I finish. <laughs> will, you, will you check his resume? Are you going to call his references? I'm going to check gonna go his to... resume. I need to see his grades, Doc. <laughs> you want to see his grades? I want to see his grades. I want to see That's all the transcripts. Steve ain't probably, Steve ain't bit more made a beat in a man in the moon. He probably made all A pluses and night got the, got the extra credit and all that kind of stuff. Look, the conversation start. Look, people are starting to come in a little bit more now. But guess what, y'all? It's over. Y'all waited too late, so y'all gonna have to go back and watch the replay. But this is gonna be on Facebook, YouTube. I'll put the uh, I'll put it on uh, I'll put it on Spotify and I'll put it on Apple Podcasts as well because I want them to hear it. I'm sorry about my technical difficulties. I tried to do camera tonight. And I thought it was charging, but it wasn't charging while it was in the whatever. Hey, whatever. Y'all, y'all okay. handled it like champs, so I appreciate that. But yes, be looking sir. for my call again soon. In the next couple of months, we're gonna do it again. Next week, I got a young lady that's coming on. It's gonna be a different kind of conversation. They're gonna be saved. Flow stands for faith, leadership, organizations, and witnesses. So you're gonna fall in one of those categories. So next week, I got a girl coming on telling her testimony, and she got like she has like two hundred forty thousand followers on TikTok. So. Hopefully, we'll have a good show next week. So, I'm looking forward to that. But, Steve, you got any closing words? Hey, if you're a senior pastor and you've got a kid that's in ministry, take the time to pay attention to them, hear their voice, and respect them, not as just your child, but as your co-laborer in the wow. Calvary, in the cargo of Calvary. That's important so that you keep that relationship tight and you that's don't good. son your son. Son your son. Daughter wow. your daughter. That's and you make sure that y'all grow together and you respect the gifts that God has given that child and the vision that God has given that child for that area of ministry. Sounds good. What about you, Dr. Duke? Give us some closing words. What Steve said. What Steve said. <laughs> Don't flunky exposure, man. Don't flunky exposure. Pastor wow. Maurice Watson, one of your Arkansas brothers, told us that when we were at Morehouse. I'll never forget it. He said, don't flunk, flunk your exposure. Whatever your exposures are, make certain you get exposed. Don't flunk it. Don't flunk your exposure. I don't flunk your exposure. I love it. Dr. Stories is on. He said, what's good, guys? He said, you got one of my hey. favorite songs, Dr. S.J. Thurston. Dr. Stories, I need to talk hey, to you. because I, I need you on my Monday night show like really, really soon. I need some positive examples of marriage, and I need you. I'm, I'm putting you on blast in front of the world, so I need so please call me tomorrow. So we can we can schedule you for a Monday night. I need to get you and Miss Chante on. I need to, I need some positive examples. But as I always say, gentlemen, when we get out of here, I always say my favorite slogan. My slogan is the world is changing. But my question for you is why do you remain the same? Y'all have a good night, and we'll catch you on the rebound. Have a good night. <laughs>